Hey, welcome to the Bukatsu Gaming Podcast. It's your host, Jabs, a.k.a. Flexing Like David Ike. I'm here with... Alex, a.k.a. Still Pissed Off About Firewatch. <laughs> and Evan, a.k.a. Now That I Finished Berseria, Magilu Is The Truth. But is she best girl? Wife, absolutely. <laughs> she overtakes Buki. Spooky, Bo- uh, Spooky Books is the best though. <laughs> you're you're giving conflicting information, Evan. Recency bias. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. And is it on the board? Survey says. Nope. <laughs> but yeah let's just hop into it let's get back to talking about rpgs uh so this is episode two of the what makes a good rpg episode we still haven't found a nice punny name for it rpg episode it's it's a work in progress but this is episode two uh if you haven't heard it go back listen to last week's episode where we talked about Western RPGs, JRPGs, grinding, story, choices. And now we're here, episode two. Alex, what are we starting off with? He's got all the questions. He does. I don't have them. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. How, Sway? How? Question of what makes a good battle system is open-ended, but maybe we start off with turn-based RPGs, right? Uh, okay. And maybe we, we, we can talk about what do you guys think about the future viability of turn-based RPGs? Because we're definitely seeing a, I mean, it's kind of hard to say because I mean, we've been seeing a shift towards, you know, just straight-up action RPGs, uh, especially, like, there are, are, are there any Western turn-based RPGs anymore? I mean, at most, you have some isometric RPGs that are left around, but... um. In Japan, we basically have had the holdout be Mega Ten, uh, with basically everything except for Devil Summoner in the past, you know, forever. But Final Fantasy, obviously, with fifteen, moved over to just straight up action RPG after experimenting with the AT, well, yeah, the ATB system in thirteen, which I really liked. But what do you guys see, sort of, as the future of turn-based in JRPGs, I guess, because there's there's no future in Western RPGs. Yeah. And uh, is it is it a plus for you? Is it a minus for you? Or are you indifferent? Well, I think I think when you see it's it's part of the old mantra of what is it like? Don't change what's working. Don't fix what's <laughs> not broken. Broke. There don't you go. fix it. <laughs> It's there, hey, there are many different mantras, okay? Uh, but I I like I like turn based RPGs. Um it's just classic, they're nice to get into. There's there's not much you have to be like, oh god, this learning curve. But I I feel there isn't much of a future. And I I I for me that comes from when 
not much of a future for like pure turn-based action RP turn-based RPGs. Because when you have people like Square remaking Final Fantasy VII, like this is gonna be an action RPG because turn-based does not have a role in our game landscape anymore. That kind of says a lot for how JRPG companies are looking at turn-based. For Square Enix to take Final Fantasy VII and for the remake say, this is not turn-based because turn-based doesn't work. I think that, again, I'm just, I literally just repeated myself, but I think that says a lot for it being on its dying bed in Japan. Definitely. Especially, well, so one of the things I just want to say, jump in real quick. Yeah. Uh, for Final Fantasy VII, that's like the cash cow, to use kind of a degrading term for it. So obviously for them, they're looking at it like we need to maximize the amount of people who are going to experience this game. We don't want to alienate anybody. Let's make it so they see it as if you want to bring in people, make it an action RPG. Don't make it turn-based. It's going to alienate enough of the population that it's not worth it. But I I don't necessarily see how. I mean, I guess I do understand turn-based are a little bit more relaxed, a lot slower. We're in the age of ADD. People want they want things happening, want things happening. Um, but, you know, for Persona, that's still turn-based. I'm thinking of Exist Archive. That's semi turn base is like it's sort of like um 13 so, somewhat atb it's turn based but action action turn based sort of and it works um so you know there are innovations to turn based that is happening that i feel it's not going to die off completely but turn based as we know it the old school you know final fantasies what Persona's doing, I feel those are, they're going to require lots of innovation in order to, for you to see any more turn-based games coming out. Like, with Persona and Shin Megami, I, I think, I guess this has been part of the game forever, but the one one more turn system, when I played that in Nocturne, the first time seeing that, I was like, oh my god. This is awesome. It's like because normally it's like I have three people, I have three turns. I just I took your weakness, I have an extra turn. It's it's a full moon. I get double turns. What is this? And so, you know, that innovation to the turn-based system, I think, is what we need to keep it, but I don't think it has to go away completely. I think people are dumb. No. <laughs> I think people I mean you do you do think that though. I mean I do think that, but I think people sleep on turn based a little too much because it is very hard to get a turn based battle system wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you don't have turn based literally it's hard to get right. Like there's all People are always going to nitpick, you know, a battle system that isn't turn-based because there's just so much that can be wrong with it. And when you when you look at it like that, even if they are shifting away from turn-based, 
you're making it so that your battle system has too many flaws. And I feel like that takes away from the game. And I feel like that's a very big pro for turn-based battle systems because you don't have that letdown if you just let it be what it is. Sure, you might need to innovate it because of all the people that are saying, look, I, I want to constantly be doing something. I want to be involved. You know, I don't like this turn-based. It's too slow, yada, yada. Yeah, maybe you can innovate it, give them something more to do, but I just the the simplicity of just the base turn the base turn base, but <laughs> the simplicity of it is what makes it so good. And I think you I think people don't don't appreciate what they have in that. You don't appreciate and think, nothing. <laughs> and I really do think that it it should have a future because you like it I honestly feel like it has just as much potential as, you know, a full blanket on words here, but as yeah. an action RPG. Basically. Yes. as an, Yeah, exactly. And I think it'll be interesting because I think how Persona 5 sells in America and just the West in general is going to be indicative of sort of the future of turn-based because I think well, it, it's not a huge title in America, but it is. I, I, I mean, it's, it's growing. Pretty, yeah, it's it's growing and it's really respectable. And five is going to be like really well rated, and uh, so it, a lot of people are going to pick it up. And I think that you know, if it does as well as say I expect it to do, I think that may lead you know, for example, Square Enix to start developing more turn-based RPGs. I think they still do. I just think that it, it may be a case of them just not wanting to risk a major IP on it anymore. They just want to make it casualized as sort of a charged word, but I think they would just want it to be triggered. Going back to what we talked about in the previous episode, um, I feel like turn-based actually helps a lot of the aspects that are not as great like the grinding of rpgs i feel like grinding is a lot more monotonous when you actually have to do something the entire time whereas if you're turn-based you can kind of step back a little bit at least for me it it doesn't need as much involvement. <laughs> hey, I'm just giving my opinion. I know, I know, but I disagree. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying you don't I don't you don't have the involvement so you it doesn't feel like okay, I am just bogged down in pressing X over and over a bunch of times. Where Wait, how do you not feel that in turn base? <laughs> because I'm not saying it's not like that. I'm just saying you don't have to constantly be doing something. So you aren't you don't have to be fully there for the grinding, is my point. Isn't that part of the problem of grinding, though? Like, take so take take for example, action RPGs. You can sort of, and we're not going back to the grinding part, but you can sort of make that fun by being like, okay, I haven't used this type of weapon. I haven't practiced this combo. Let me do that while grinding. Like, in action RPGs, grinding gives you a chance to, like, practice, like, the mechanics of the game, practice the combos. 
in turn base, it's literally okay. I can just these le- these these guys are small fry. I'm just gonna attack. Just a a x x x attack attack attack. You're I feel in Hit in that turn auto button. yeah <laughs> that again great great innovation in Persona <laughs> great. But I feel you know when you're grinding, it's just like all right. Oh my god. X, 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 X. Okay, that battle's finished. All right, next one. X, 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 X. That battle's finished. In action RPGs, there's there's more you can do when you're grinding because the battle system is innovative in that in that manner. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but my point is more nobody nobody wants to grind. So if you have to do it, Pharrell does. I mean, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. <laughs> I'm just saying for me personally, I would rather if I if I don't want to do the grinding in the first place, why not have it so that I could also be multitasking while I'm doing it? That's true. And I would say that like in a game like Final Fantasy 15, I would hate grinding in that game. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's just always going to be hard. That's kind of the way the game is balanced. Um but that for me that well this is more for our Final Fantasy 15 podcast but some action RPGs like Kingdom Hearts 2 you know I go to the world that never was final form Firaga just roll through <laughs> come back and it's just it's it's mindless and it's fine but in certain in certain action RPGs I feel like it can be a chore it can it can be more interesting it can also be more of a chore mm. with turn-based it's never going to be that interesting in my opinion you know unless if you fight really difficult enemies it can be somewhat interesting but even then it's, it's just not quite as compelling as an action rpg to me but it also just never gets below the level of just uh, it's just monotonous and i'll just you know netflix exactly yeah but i, I know i like i said i feel that's part of the the question the battle system the battle system itself. I think if it's a good battle system, I don't really mind. It's if, yeah, if it's a good non-turn-based battle system, I don't feel I'll really mind the grinding all that much. For example, again, I'm going back, Exist Archive. That game, it's not so grindy. It's just the dungeon is super repetitive. But the battle system's kind of fun. You know, once I'm not fighting guys that I kill in one hit, I can have fun figuring out good attack patterns that work. And it's it's not as, oh my god, I don't want to do this. Why am I playing this game? You know what? I'm going to pick up some other game. And, you know, I, I think it it does have to do with a good battle system being being what okay. being what you need. So let's Let's then kind of dive into what do you think makes a turn-based battle system good? Mm. The auto, the auto button. The yeah, auto button. <laughs> the auto button is great. It is great. I still remember though, in when first playing, did they have auto in Nocturne? I don't think so. They did. Did they? I want to say they. Did. I want to say they did. Yeah, because I I know because. You hit auto, and then there's fizz repel, and then you oh <laughs> <laughs> trigger. <laughs> okay, 
But I remember first time, you know, with the auto button, I was like, <laughs> what is this game? It plays itself for me. The game, I don't even have to do anything. But now you realize how great of a system is because they know how tedious, you know, turn base can be at times. And he's like, I just, I don't, I don't need to think about that. I said, just, just do it for me. And so I, the first time I was like, what is this? I don't have to play the game. Now I, I completely understand. But for a good turn base, I think um, there being... So one thing I love about Final Fantasy X, which very, very sad and disappointingly, I didn't maybe figure out until like my second or third playthrough. It tells you the order. It tells you the order of who's going to attack. No. It it literally took it literally took me quite some time to notice the the characters up in the corner of the screen and that was the order. Bro. Actually that seems fair. I'm, I'm trying to remember like us when we were 10. And that seems like we probably didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, it took me a while to notice that. That is fair. I did play that a lot later. So yeah. that is fair. Yeah, it it took a while to notice it tells Base you the order. <laughs> and I think that is one big thing about a big helping factor in um in turn base. I like how it, they do it in 10. They give you like the next 5 turns. And you can see how this one move affects the the order. I think that's big very important in turn base because it's like okay this monster he has like 120 hp left i can hit him twice and he'll be dead but i don't know if my character will attack then he'll attack five times and kill everyone and there have <laughs> there have been games where it's like if if I knew he was attacking twice, I would have healed instead of attacking. And it's like, great, I have to do this fight again. So definitely for turn base, knowing the turn order is super important. Yeah, and, and that's something they effectively get solved in Mega 10 also because of the press turn system. You know that they may get extra turns, mm. but you know when they're attacking. Yeah, you know when they're finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the the biggest thing for me with turn based is throwing other elements in. You can't just leave it as you know, it's just simplistic turn based. It doesn't. You need you know things that switch up the order, things that you know different enemies hop into the encounter i guess that is mm, that's questionable whether that's you know the battle system or not how it's incorporated but something like that you need things to switch up just the simplistic nature of you go i go you go i go and i think the more creative you get with that the better it is so like i was saying like since we're using you know persona those kind of games Moves that, you know, or 
not Persona, but any game like this, moves that increase your speed, give you more turns, mm. etc. You know, because you go from, okay, boss, all my characters go, then boss again, to boss, one character, boss, boss, one character, boss, boss, boss. And, you know, switching it up like that makes it so it it's not just, you know, okay, I can go in, I know how this fight's going to play out, I just need to, you know, plan out everything from the start to you actually have to be more engaged, be more involved, and think, you know, okay, how do I get this fight? How can I optimize, you know, with all these variables coming in? And I think the the more you can do with that, the better the system will be. Yeah, it uh, gives more of an effort to planning on the fly because every once in a while you're going to get critted. And right. somebody's going to go down and then suddenly your game plan changes a lot because you got to you know, rebuff them, bring them back, all that stuff. So it sounds like for turn base, we need something. It sounds obvious that we want something we can really sink our teeth into, but it sounds like we want something that we can strategize for, whether that means that we can see the turn order or we can somehow advantageously affect that, you know, whether it's Final Fantasy X and you have your, basically your guys at high speed are going to attack more often and then you can use moves like haste to give yourself more turns on top of it. Haste, gah. <laughs> Mega 10, and you get your press turns, and you exploit weaknesses, and you get more. So it's just, uh, you know, for, if if you're going to make a turn-based battle system, it can't just be, you know, line up your guys, other team lines up theirs, everyone attacks one time, and you just roll through. Yeah. Okay. Any thoughts on sort of the systems that make an action RPG good? One thing I would say is that I like a game that has, and this is kind of a shot at 15, but skills and magic, I want to be able to use them a lot. Yeah. I I, I kind of find it a little bit tedious if it's, especially for 15, it kind of falls into a weird place where at the end of the game, you get a little bit more options for your MP, but kind of feels like it wants to be more of a just it's kind still of not dodging and attacking. It's, it's not, but there there is more. Yeah, going off that, I would say for action RPGs, I <laughs> I think the the better RPGs are the ones that that you can tell they actually thought out their entire battle system. There's no, like, I'll use 15 as an example, too. The fact that your magic hits all of your party <laughs> members and there's no way to get them out of it, realistically, <laughs> no good way to get them out of it, is a huge oversight. And it just kind of feels like, did you really even think this through? <laughs> like, there's no way in this context this would ever, you would not just be nuking your team the entire time you were in a fight. Like, it's things like that 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 bring the battle system down for me. And I feel like if you just, even if it's simple, you know, some simple system, like, I'll take it, take the Tail series, for example. It's It's pretty simple. It's just a bunch of combos that are just press, you know, one of the four buttons. 
and then you have a special move that's another button. It's really simple, but you know, it's it's well thought out. You know, it you can there's different aspects you can do with it, but you know, there's nothing that there's no point where you ever think, I like why didn't they think about this when they did it? It it just works, and I think that's the biggest thing they have to overcome because like we were saying earlier it it's there's action rpgs are more open to having mistakes having flaws in their battle systems and you know going the extra mile to kind of feel out what may be a problem and trying to correct it goes a long way when you actually put out the finished product yeah, and I I think definitely sort of I none of no one said it yet, but the simplest it's has to be fun to play. You know, even if it's like a well thought out system, you know, with this that you 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 do this parry and it gives your opponent a chance of this and that. If it's not fun, if it's just frustrating, you know, that's, it could be the most well thought out system and it will still be, turn many people away. And so, you know, what Evan's saying, well thought out, I think definitely important. Um, but, you know, fun to play. And I guess what makes it fun to play, though, is I think not too steep of a learning curve but having a learning curve um you know so we really just need to do this this podcast <laughs> this 15 <laughs> podcast but i feel for the most part 15 doesn't have much of a learning curve literally the learning curve is getting good at dodging for me yeah. i feel that's about that's your that's your <laughs> battle system I Evan, I'm simplifying it. I know there's more. There is more to it. Holy and dodge. <laughs> Holy spam, best spam. But but it definitely it it there's just not enough there. It needs a good learning curve so that when you get good at something, you go, okay, that feels good, but there's more I can get good at. There's more I can do to become you know, better at this game. And we've talked about it with Final Fantasy. You know, we're like, oh, no one's good at this battle system. It's everyone's hard. It's hard for everyone. But does that mean it has a steep learning curve or just not a very good learning curve? Is it just a big, you're, you're trash, trash, and then you're good? Is Like, there has to be some sort of good in between, uh, I think, for the learning curve for it to be fun and rewarding. And, you know, some, 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 um, action RPGs have that. Some just action games have that. Like I'm thinking of Devil May Cry. Um, I remember Devil May Cry 4. There's that, I don't remember who, but close to the end, there's this one battle where if you parry this thing correctly, it just kills the guy. You get your triple S and you're like, I'm, I'm amazing at this game. Because it's it's one that of that would be why I never did that then. 
because it's it's one of those like split timing things that you just have to get right and it feels the the triple s system in in uh devil may cry which again not an rpg just an action game but sort of that ranking system that some rpg games are starting to have i think that helps you feel that progress as you are getting along the learning curve and becoming better at at that uh action battle system that they have that hopefully is different from some other action game action rpg you've you've played which again is important fun good learning curve and different yeah it sounds like also you're thinking like kind of a low skill floor like i feel like for me people should be able to kind of fumble their way through the game you know, you don't want to make every game a Dark Souls, <laughs> where Ooh. where if you're not good, you're not going to ever get through it. But I also feel like at some point, there should be a lot of room for me to grow. I, I agree with that, and I, I'm actually going to use 15 as an example of a good learning curve. <laughs> okay, that's fine, that's fine. Because, <laughs> to me... 15 episode is going to be so good. <laughs> But no, I well, be, I'll let you just, say, but yeah. I did point out it does have a there is learning to the game, but I feel it's not well paced. I think it's either Wait, you're I'm, good or trash. That's me. But go. Yeah, and I'm saying I I feel like there was a lot of middle ground. Just because a system like that is, you know, you can get by doing the just the most basic things. Which is, you know, you pretty much need to know three buttons and you can fumble your way through the game. But that would be, you know, the bottom tier of what you can do. And it's really not hard to learn how to get better at it. But even once you get better, there, there's clearly stuff you still can't do. Like, the potential for what you can do in that game is really high. But it's also not hard to get to a point where you can get through the game. And however you feel about the game and the battle system, I feel like a battle system like that is that learning curve you're talking about. You know, if you want to get really good, you can get really good. It's not going to, you know, hold your hand to get there, which I don't think it should. You know, if you want to be that good, you're going to have to play the game and figure out how to get to that point. But for everyone else, you know, it's like, here, this is how you do this. Do what you want with it. You get the base, you know, However, you know, whatever you want to do, and you can get through the game with that. Okay. I feel like... I I understand what you're saying. So, again, we have to try and save this for the 15th episode. <laughs> but, I'm only but, saying no, no. because you... Yeah. yeah. We're going to be fine. We're yeah. going to have enough content <laughs> for the 15th episode. My question for that with 15's battle system, do you feel they gave you enough opportunities to actually get to the point where you you are at that, you reach that max potential. Yes. Because there are literally unlimited opportunities. (laughs) If you mean, like, from... Without, without like, seeking them out. It's hard to say. Because if you're gonna, like... Realistically, if if you're playing the game, most of the time you're going to do more than you have to 
if we're just talking about if you just went straight through the main story probably not but again if you did that then you probably weren't trying to get that good anyway mm. so it's kind of a toss up <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a toss up but you know i and i i feel even if you went straight through the main story i feel some games would still give you that opportunity to learn like this boss you have to be good at parrying you got to be good at parrying to beat this boss next boss you got to be good at casting magic still, from cover still parrying they teach they teach they it's it's and, and i wouldn't say that's hand-holding see whether you want to call it hand-holding or not i don't I, I don't necessarily like that. I'm going to use Dark Souls as my, 3 as my example here. Because you were clearly supposed to do things in certain fights. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that even once. <laughs> but you, you could still get through the game. And it was kind of like... Playing Dark Souls, it felt good to be able to do a lot of the bosses <laughs> without ever using an actual weapon. Cause it, cause I honestly felt like I was doing it wrong, but I was doing it my way, so it was kind of you know. No, it, yeah, I understand I that. I understand that. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't want to feel like I have to do something a certain way. I un I understand what you're saying, and I do agree that that is something that could be very useful or you know very good for a game. I just, it depends how you implement it. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to say, if not a boss, like certain enemies that at least yeah. require different strategies. And I think that's yeah. one thing that will help you reach that learning curve without, as I said, kind of with 15 feeling, you have to seek out opportunities to practice those those techniques you have to actually force yourself to try it but yeah right but i i understand doing it your own way so we've kind of talked about most of the things i think an rpg has to offer so i'll, I'll throw this one kind of in this is a bit of a curveball but rpgs where you have a compelling non-fighting mechanic to them so this could be Blitzball. Blitzball <laughs> or building up a town. Do you think that those For example, Nino Cooney's coming out with Nino Cooney two has like a I think village building mechanic. Yeah, Kingdom and, or something. Yeah. Which I'm not really excited about just because I like the familiars and they took them out. So I guess are there when do you think games do it right because it can be hard to be totally consistent when you have half of the game is this basically going killing monsters mechanic and the other half is you know playing blitzball for example but yeah i'll answer first and i think they're good for me as an extra as an extra um you know, Blitzball, you don't have to play Blitzball. It's just, it's a fun extra in the game. 
that I can find myself losing time with. Um, I guess same with Fallout 4, the building mechanic. You don't need that in the game. Yeah, I think somewhat, a little bit. Um, but you don't you don't need to build a nice in-depth town with working electricity that has, uh, you know, a bit giant casino flashing lights. You don't need to do that. And so I think those things that if those are extra, then sure. But I don't I don't want to feel the need that I don't know how they'll implement it in Nino Kuni. But sorry. You can't progress the story until you have twenty villagers in your village. I don't, I don't feel that sort of impedent impedance on your game should be there. Yeah, I well, first of all, just for the record, this is one of the reasons why I think you guys are crazy when you say ten was infinitely longer than fifteen, because how many hours of Blitzball? <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, it's. I I actually pretty much agree with everything you just said. If you're good, <laughs> the key is to not make it wait, something wait, that. Wait, wait, did we just agree? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> don't. If you're gonna have something like that, don't make it a necessity. If you want, like, if you want to have a one-time thing that introduces you to it. Like they did in ten, where you know you have the one Blitzball game. I think that's the only one you actually have to play. But then after that, yeah. you can just be like, "No, I'm done." But don't make like they're not gonna throw you in and be like, "Look, you have to win a Blitzball tournament before you can even, <laughs> you know, leave this place." That'd be ridiculous. Seymour is not gonna talk to you. <laughs> and it'd be ridiculous in any game if they did that. I really don't think I have anything to add. I yeah. I actually do agree. <laughs> okay. And yeah, what what about you, Alex? Yeah, I just feel like that they just work better as side quests. I I don't know a game that's kind of intertwined the battling and the mini game side of it really well. Um, Resetier on Steam had like you could go out and you could fight monsters and get stuff and you could sell it at the shop, but it kind of feels like for me it detracts from the experience when it's that intertwined because it just uh, just is less consistent. You're going to invariably end up favoring something more. And then so when you have to do the other thing, it's going to be kind of a drag. So when you have the option, for example, like Blitzball, when anytime you go up to a save sphere, you can just say, I'll play a game of Blitzball. It's a little bit easier because like you guys said, it, it's not being fun being told what to do we like our jrpgs straightforward or, or just rpg too you know rpgs like yeah. in fallout 4 i i didn't do the building stuff i just didn't i was like no. i don't i don't care about this it's cool that it's there i don't care yeah i hear it can be fun it's exciting but i was like eh, no i just i just want to run around and and <laughs> run away from death clogs that's just what I want. So at this point, I feel like we've covered pretty much everything that I would think we could cover. Do you guys have anything in mind? We've been talking about what makes sort of like the, the traditional stuff good. What what sort of innovations do you want from for the future of RPGs? Because there's no way we can keep it stagnant. Not I, I, Stagnant's not the word. 
stagnant is not the word. Uh, but we'll eventually we not we because we're not we are making games, just not at the moment. But game com <laughs> game companies will eventually need to, you know, do something very innovative, very outside the box, and you know, we didn't even touch on stories. I think we we can hop into that very quickly to the end. But we need. What do you think is the future of RPGs? I think they gotta start. Western RPGs and JRPGs sort of have to come together a little bit. Because right now, I think that each side has stuff I like, and each side has stuff that could be better. And um, while there definitely should be just straight-up JRPGs and straight-up Western RPGs, if they could start, like we were talking about in the last episode, like, for example, more elements of role-playing in the JRPGs and more elements of, or like a more focused linear story to to entice you in western rpgs even if there is less of a focus on you have to do this before you're going to access these other side quests i think that that's like an immediate step they can take other than that i think that you know the further along we get <laughs> so i like uh you know i like co-op games i know the tales games let you do that a little bit but i think uh, more avenues where you could do that would be a good a good place to start also um because i don't think we've had great rpg that was co-op uh you know i wouldn't say it was a but, great game but eternal sonata actually had a good co-op system where your your friends could actually control the other characters yeah and i, I think that, that was that, pretty that's, nice that's how the tale series is Right, because you wanted someone to cop in so you could just be Maggie Lou. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not joking when I say the game would have been a joke, but that's off topic. So, so, yeah, I think that more... Yeah, more co-op in RPGs, I think, would be, like... If somebody could really find a way to do that in a more meaningful way than just playing as another character, maybe having, you know, I don't want to go the full MMO side where, but again, that that is also kind of like just playing a different character, but maybe one where you and another person play and kind of affect each other's games, maybe. Mm. I, th I think for me, we've, we've sort of touched on it, but that sort of, ultimate customize customization like it it would take a lot of work of course but you know just everything being as customizable as you wanted um from not having like set set endings to i, I don't know just completely open-ended endings that you could completely change based on your I, I think we talked about this a little bit, but not not one or two branching endings, but wide, vastly different endings. And just, I think mass customization is what I think needs to be implemented. Like for the game I was created in my head, completely customizing your magic so that there, you, you can create a fire spell that has like, 
ice attached to it, you know, a Lola and Vulpix or something, you know, having <laughs> having that kind of stuff, that kind of in-depth customization, I think is what is a big step forward. And and games like Fallout has done that, uh, you know, being able to customize the weapon, sort of build whatever you want. Um, I think for me, that's the big innovation I'm looking for. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add because those, you know, more the same because they were high on my list. Yeah. One once we get games like uh Dot Hack and Sword Art where you're living in it, I think then we'll get that in-depth that real RPG feeling you want. I want to live it. I don't want to role play it. I want a role living game, RLG, future. Coined it right here. Please don't sword art me. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, once we get those RLGs, that's that's the future. That's the future right there. And I guess hopefully this doesn't run off forever. What 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 do you look for in an RPG story? What what keeps you there? Cuz there cuz it is one of those things where a game could have wonderful wonderful game mechanics great customization and the story is just just waifu and you want to you just leave you don't pick it back <laughs> up and so what is it you need in a story that for your rpg in in all honesty <laughs> i need the feels train i i need i need something that makes me or i guess i should say i need the story to make me actually feel something that i feel like if that happens that's when you know you have at the very least you have a decent story because if it if it doesn't capture you then the story is just kind of there and it like you you the whole time you'll just know that you know all right the story is whatever i'm just you know trying to get through the game at this point but when you have a story that you know makes you actually, you know, get invested. You want you play the game because you want to know what happens next rather than I just want to get to point B. It's I want to get to point B because I want to see what happens because this person decided to do this action and this war broke out or whatever. And I feel like, you know, at, at that point you're you're getting to the point where you know you have you have a strong foundation for your story and then it can only go up from there i like uh character driven stories you know sort of the strange context of video games is that you're going to be spending an inordinate amount of time with those characters compared to basically any other form of media so, you know, having an important and meaningful plot obviously is great, but I will drop games that if I don't care about the characters because you're spending upwards of 30 hours with them easily. And I want to be able to, and that, that doesn't just mean having like, will they go through great character arcs and stuff and show a lot of development, but I just, I want to have characters that I like enjoy like that I want to spend time with, like, for example, Mass Effect 2, you want to go and talk to the people on your ship because you like them. Um, 
or at least find them interesting. So for me, for for the story to work for me, I needed to have characters that I I like, you know. And for example, Final Fantasy fifteen, I liked the Choco Bros. They were great. I thought the way they got along was was, was pretty great. And you know, they had, they uh, fought sometimes, and the whole thing kind of brings you in more just because you know. Not only do you care about getting the bad guy, but you care about these guys you spent 25 hours with, and you want them. You you want to do it for them, you know? Dude. Also, right. take notes here. No June pays. <laughs> June pays a no-go. <laughs> uh, rude. I dislike June pay, in case you didn't get that. Didn't get it. But he the man. We them boys. Uh, yeah, for me, I guess, in a story, I, I don't, I want to say necessarily character-driven, but kind of along the lines of Alex. I just want interesting characters, characters with depth. You know, like, everyone, which is very strange, because that's part of what everyone hated about Final Fantasy twelve. They hated Van, and I think they didn't like Ash either. But... That that game, I love that game, but I didn't pay much attention to the story. Like, that game, somehow, the gameplay just had me hooked. And, no, I did I did pay attention to the story, actually. It was, like, war. Um, and judges. Yeah. That game, I think, for me, that game, the characters weren't as important. Um, and that's because they were very uh, one-dimensional. Um, I think the gameplay just managed to completely make up for that lack of in-depth characters. Um, but, you know, interesting characters. Characters with twists, like Auron, Seymour. That twist you had, you're like, what? Uh, what's, what was that character? What's, why isn't it from 4? The detective, non- Naoto. Naoto, yes. That that twist with Naoto, like... She was a she. Yeah. But everyone knew that. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> I, I think Kanji's the only one. Well, no, they all didn't know. But that's because they right. were in the you game. You as the player knew. Yeah. Because it was clearly a girl, but... Either way. <laughs> But still, I think it's fair to say it was a twist. Yeah, those those sort of interesting characters, I think, is definitely for me helps drive the game forward. Um, but yeah, a good, good, interesting story that hasn't been done the same is always good because no one, everyone gets tired of the standard RPG. Oh, here's our hero. He's in a new world. He doesn't know who His parents he's, are dead. he's dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go make these new friends. Like he's like, all right, I'm, I'm bored of this. Give me something new. Tell me something new. Bonus points if a main character dies. Though, if there's someone in your party, I will hate the game forever. I'm just kidding about that, but it is really frustrating when that happens. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Clearly, you've never lost someone you needed. <laughs> I don't know. I 
what what do we wrap up? Just like there's so much to wrap up. We touched on so much. <laughs> uh, we just touched on so much, but clearly, I don't know. As you guys can hopefully tell, we like we like RPGs. Uh they're good stuff. They're good stuff. Characters and things like that and words and wrap up and when are they gonna play the wrap it up music? But yeah, um thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, let's let's end with like final final thoughts on RPGs. I love RPGs. <laughs> it's like Evan's every final thought ever. Yeah. One sentence. I love it. Leaning into the mic as a joke and then never saying anything again. <laughs> phase in, um, phase out. I think over my entire life they've been it's been my favorite genre. Um, you know, kind of ebbs and flows depending on what's out there at the moment, but I mean they've always been good, you know. And it's it's one of those this is one of the reasons I like turn bases is just that it's sort of like a relic from older days when it was just a lot easier to make a turn-based game than it was to make an action game. And, um, I mean, obviously it still is, but given, like, the hardware, the cost of making a game is an easier prospect. But I just, you know, since Chrono Trigger to, to Persona 5, basically, like, every year I feel like there's... So maybe at the end of the PS3's life, um, I just feel like I've grown up with RPGs, and uh, they always kind of hold a place in my heart. And I was a little bit worried coming to this current console generation because I feel like the stream of RPGs had kind of slowed down, and it was looking like just Western RPGs. But I feel like maybe with 15 and now Persona 5, maybe JRPGs can make a bit of a comeback. Yeah, I um I have to agree. RPGs are definitely far and away I play the most RPGs out of any genre and it's obviously because I do enjoy them. And I think the best thing about RPGs for me is that, you know, once you find one that, like, say it's a series or just, you know, if it is just one title, if you if you find one that you enjoy, it's just that it really is, I want to say, it's not like, what am I trying to say here? Words are hard. You get a lot out of it. It's not, most RPGs aren't, you know, usually aren't quick games or they have a lot of replay value. There's just a lot you can get out of an RPG, especially like as we've talked about, depending on the type of RPG, you can have decisions, which give you a lot of replay value, which makes you want to come back, play it again, or just the story, something you can play over and over. Or maybe it's just a game that, you know, you, there was just one thing about it that you really, just loved about it and it sticks with you i think the amount of things you can get out of rpgs are a big reason why you know i'll keep coming back to them preach preach yeah and yeah it's uh one of the things is like i I mentioned this kind of briefly earlier but because 
of the nature of RPGs. It's just, it's like, it's a big commitment, but you're also getting more out of it because it's a big commitment. And there's nothing really like that in any other form of media. Yeah. You know, maybe like a, a really long chronicle of books, you know, like seven or 10 books. But other than that, you know, you basically, you're spending, you could spend like a hundred hours with some of these characters and it's just, that's crazy. That's crazy though. Um, yeah, I think what I was thinking for me in RPGs and sort of why so many people can so easily put so much time into them is in a way like every RPG can feel new and innovative. Like, you can you can get different kinds of RPGs. You this RPG that I'm picking up this year, it will be either in story or gameplay or graphics vastly different from the one I picked up last year. And I think that that's huge. I think for me that's what really sets it apart from like which I do love racing games or fighters, but it's very hard to find much innovation in those games. Versus where you can pick up Final Fantasy 15, very different from Final Fantasy 13, very different from Final Fantasy 12, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You know, games I love, Tekken, Need for Speed. Okay, Tekken, great. I can destroy the background now, but it's still sort of that same fighting. Same fighting, same combos. And I think that's what's great about RPGs. They're just, there's so much potential with them. I think for me, that's, that's why they'll be my favorite, favorite genre. Good points being made here. Yeah. This, this is a love letter to RPGs. <laughs> and so... Dear RPGs. <laughs> sincerely, uh, sincerely us. <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, there's just so much for RPGs that you can just drop time and not feel like you've you've lost your life because you've you lived another one. It's like reading a book, but you're part of it. RPGs, there's so much that makes it great, and so yeah, guys, thanks for listening to us rant about RPGs. Tweet at us about your what you love about RPGs. At what's the tweeter? Bukatsu M. Yes. At twitter.com slash Bukatsu M. And you, Evan, what should they so, YouTube if they want to find videos of us like my Not a Hero, hero review? What are we, Bukatsu Media? There we go. Yeah, so search those and we'll start streaming soon. Uh, so find me, Jabs1016. No, I'm not dropping my Twitter on this. Twitch. Oh, you Twitch. <laughs> uh, LOL, no thanks. THX. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just ebry 33 Probably. Or you can just find our group, Twitch, Bukatsu Media. Follow us there as well. Uh, we might try and do some team games on there. Yeah, some three-on-three basketball, maybe some, was it Disc Jam? Disc Jam! Yeah.
But yeah, guys, again, thanks for listening to us. Uh, gush our hearts out about RPGs. This is Jabs, Alex, and Evan with Bukatsu Media signing out. Peace. <laughs> All right. It's hard to say. I like game. I like co-op games. So for me, a big plus. <laughs> it did not sound like co-op. <laughs> what did it sound like? Another word that begins co. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying I heard the exact same thing. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> oh god. So what is it you like, Alex? I'm crying over here. <laughs>